Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Batali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. We're going to be studying um, Psalms 49 and 50 today. I've never read these songs before, so we'll be reading them together. Um, 49 is uh, a psalm I'm sort of uh, calling, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, you've heard that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Well, this song talks about don't worry about all the earthly success of the people around you. The only thing I want you to do is to be happy, to be thankful for what what you have. Um, so let's dive right in and see what what it sounds like. Uh, verse forty, uh, chapter forty nine. This is the forty ninth Psalm, verse one. Hear this, all people. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. Okay, so first, what is this psalm all about now? He's saying, hey, everybody, listen up. He's, all, he's saying this to all peoples, all inhabitants all over the world. He's calling out to the rich people. He's calling out to the poor people. Everybody, listen up. He's got something real important to say. This is to every single person from all ends of the earth. And as Dr. McGee points out, this is kind of like a a similar uh, uh, call uh, back in Deuteronomy chapter 32. He's saying, listen, you heavens, and I will speak. This is verse 1 of Deuteronomy. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear you, earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on the new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. And he's saying, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just to see. So, very similar start to Deuteronomy. So the, this would have been something that the people might have already heard before. And again, this is uh, coming out from the, the sons of Korah. This is um, not a psalm of David, but from the sons of Korah. So this is something, a real important message we're getting ready to hear. So verse 3, My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart 
shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Okay, so what's he saying here? Listen up, the whole world. You're going to get a very important piece of wisdom right here, right now. And this is coming from the meditation of my heart. This is God speaking to his people. And he's going to solve this riddle in this psalm. Okay? Okay, like what what are we getting ready to hear? Verse 5. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. What is this psalm about? It's basically a psalm saying, what about the rich and famous and successful? What about all that, you know, in times of trouble? When people around me are surrounding me who are much more well-off than I am, okay? And they can boast in their abundance of their riches. They can have more wealth than you, more success than you. Um, This is a really um, fair question to ask. I mean, what's the first thing you do when you walk out in public? Well, I mean... To me, the first thing we all do is look around, and we look at one another. And uh, my mother used to say, I'm people watching. But when you're in a crowded place or at a mall, you watch people go by, you wonder who they are. But we judge people by their appearances. And we can see people well off or people poor off or in good health or in bad health. Uh, But... Truly, um, we're, we're all different, and we're always going to be all different. Those who say they want a, a society where everybody's the same and has equal outcomes, that's kind of a dream, but you can't make everybody's life the same. Everybody's going to have different skills or different desires or different drives or different um, successes in what they do. They just, it just, they, it's just true. So God's saying, what about all this? Okay. Truly, verse seven, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. He's saying everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to walk the same road, no matter how successful or wealthy. Verse 10, for he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Everybody's going to die. I mean, This psalm gets right down to it, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't waste any time. You think you're wise? Well, you're no better off than the fool that you look down on. If you're a fool or you're living your life really, really stupid, 
well, you're going to die too. Whatever you earn, whatever you have, whatever you accomplish, somebody else is going to get it. And that's the folly of thinking it's yours. That's the folly of wanting to, you know, call something by your own name. Somebody else is going to have it. Verse 12, man in his pomp will not remain. He's like the beast that perished. This is the path for those who have foolish confidence, yet after them people approve of their boasts. This is what this is your destiny. This is my destiny that we all die. And the pompous people, they're not going to be around. They're going to be just like animals that perish. They don't they're just going to die. You see a dead animal on the side of the road as you drive by or as you walk by and you say, "Well, you know, no big deal or whatever." That's like you. You're looking at yourself. Like sheep, they're appointed for Sheol. That's the grave. Death shall be their shepherd. So that's that's a creepy feeling, isn't it? You know, your shepherd. We're thinking of Jesus as the good shepherd. But if you don't have Jesus, who's your shepherd? Death. Which shepherd do you want? The good shepherd who will not lose one single sheep and lays down his life for his sheep? Or do you want the other shepherd, which is death, who will devour the sheep? Death won't lay down his life for the sheep. Death actually devours the sheep. That's a bad shepherd. And the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell, but God will ransom my soul. From the power of Sheol. Now he's saying God is going to get you out of the grave. For he will receive me. This is Selah. We're supposed to stop and reflect. Now this is a, a pointing towards what's going to happen in the New Testament. You know, God's going to ransom you and pay the price for your sins. So you won't die and you won't perish. Now the people who are singing this song, they don't know anything about uh, Jesus coming and sacrificing himself. They don't know what's going to happen. But they're looking, they're singing about when it does happen or what's going to happen. The people don't understand it. But he's saying it. God's going to ransom your soul. He's going to get you out of the grave. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich. So what's the take-home message? Verse 16 be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed. And though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go down. His soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beast that perish. Isn't this powerful? This is like, you know, we've had the greatest philosophers who've ever lived can't sum it up more succinctly than this psalm. You know, it cuts to the meaning of life. It cuts to the meaning of your purpose. It cuts to how you're supposed to feel. 
about your politics or about your uh, your human wisdom. Everybody's going to die. So don't worry when somebody else does better than you. That's not your job to try to bring them down or raise yourself up. So many people are consumed, you know, in in that in their jealousy or so many con- are consumed in politics that try to write this or make themselves feel better and they'll never be satisfied. They will never be satisfied because somebody else is always going to do better than you. Or even when you do good, it's all for folly. It's all man's foolishness. What a foolish, um, what a foolish philosophy. What a foolish set of wisdom. What a foolish faith. What a foolish set of politics. What a foolish way to live when you go around trying to compare yourself to other people. God says, don't do that. And he's saying, listen, all peoples of all the world, you know, don't do it. Don't trust in your wealth. What are you going to put your trust in? Everybody puts trust in something. Those, verse, as verse 6 says again, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches. This is a question. Why should I fear that? Why should I fear when somebody else does better? When you trust in your wealth, that's what you, your trust is what you put your faith in. You know, if you, if you, if it makes you feel good to look at your bank account, if it makes you feel good to look at your house, if it makes you feel good to open up your refrigerator and look in and see a whole bunch of stuff in there and make you feel like you're well off, just remember you're no more well off than anybody else. You may think you, you may, you may start feeling down in the dumps because other people are better than you. You're the only person in your family who never made it to college. Or you're the only person in your family who doesn't live in a big house. Or you're the only person, it seems like, in your neighborhood who hasn't done well. Or you're the only person at your job who's not important. Or you're the only person who is blah, 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 blah. You know, you could say so many things. I'm the only person who has cancer. All my friends uh, look down on me because I have high blood pressure or diabetes or something else. You're the only person who's been ill. You're the only person who's this, that, and the other. There's always somebody who's going to do better off than you. And they may have more wealth or they got the promotion that you didn't get. Stop comparing yourself to all that. Stop letting your happiness come through all that. Every one of those successes is going to be left here because everybody's going to die the same way, the same road. I heard a friend of mine say, I I was actually, uh, well, I heard a friend of mine say, we all have to walk down the same road. Whether you're rich or poor, everybody's going to walk down the same road. And the, the, the final dwelling place for mankind is his grave, his or her grave. That's your final house. No matter how successful you are, no matter how poor you are, that's your final resting place. So 
Which shepherd is the shepherd that sounds like the best shepherd? The shepherd of death or the shepherd of life? Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, or the shepherd of death? The bad shepherd, the shepherd of the wicked, the shepherd of those, uh, the earthly shepherd. You've got something to look forward for, but in the meantime, you know, the thing you've got to look forward for is God is going to ransom you from the shepherd of the grave. And you don't have to worry about all of the things going on around you that seemingly are unfair or trouble for you. So, I hope that's an encouraging psalm. If you're down in the dumps today about something going on, that should be encouraging for you because it just says don't be down in the dumps because you're not well off. Don't be down in the dumps because you're not successful as you want to be today. And it also is an encouragement for those who are really successful. Don't be... um, feeling like you're better than you are, or don't be satisfied in your wealth. Don't be satisfied in your success because it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't help you with the Lord. It brings nothing of any value to you because you're, you're destined to lose it just like everyone around you who doesn't have those material things. So... Uh, That should be encouraging, and that should be also instructional for us. Now we'll go to Psalm number 50, the 50th Psalm. This is um, a song by uh, Asaph, or Asap. He's a song leader. He's one of the, you could think of, he's one of the choir directors. So now, I, I would call this, Like the last psalm, Psalm 49, don't worry, be happy. This is listen up, be thankful. Okay, so let's start off verse 1. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. This is another call out to the whole world. Don't they, it's interesting, these psalms kind of go together. And so, again, another sort of declaration song. To the whole world, from the one God, the Lord in heaven, summoning and speaking directly to the earth, from the rising of its sun to its setting, in other words, all around the world, out of Zion, this is the holy city of God, and we talked about Zion before last time. The perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silent. Before Him is a devouring fire. Around Him, a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that He may judge His people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare His righteousness, for God Himself is judge. Selah. That means stop and reflect. God is summoning the earth. He is telling the earth that uh, he is coming to judge. Now, we've got a just judge and a righteous judge. And that judgment, you know, you could think of that judgment as a scary time. 
in one regards. Of course, if you're in sin, that's a scary time. But if you're one who's placed your faith in the Lord, you're one who's trying to um, uh, seek the Father in heaven, this is a happy time. Because this judge is, is, has ransomed his son Jesus Christ for you. Jesus Christ, the judge, has already laid down his life to save you. Okay, so that judge has a heart for you. Isn't it scary to be in a courtroom or to think of yourself in a courtroom, maybe for some crime, and you've got this this uh, guilty verdict hanging over your head, and you have this you know thing like I'm I'm never going to get out of here, I'm going to jail, I'm going to prison, I'm going to be executed, and you've got this lawyer. Who's prosecuting you like crazy? And you're thinking the judge just doesn't care about me. But it wouldn't it be great if if all of a sudden the judge that you have is a judge who wants to save you? That's that's a a refreshing and a reassuring thing that, that we have this just judge who's coming to save us from the grave. Verse 7, here, O my people, I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills. All that moves in the field is mine. What's he saying here? He's saying, all you people who want to try to come to me from the, from the sacrifices of animals, that's not bringing you to me. All of the people who think they're doing good by their works, that's not going to help you. Because I know all of the animals already. They're mine already. He's telling him, I want you to worship me from your heart. Okay? The sacrifices don't bring us any close together, closer together. Verse 12, if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. So I'm not going to, you know, these burnt offerings aren't going <laughs> to help me, you know. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? You know, I don't eat this, folks. That's not helping me. For verse 14, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the most high. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. What is he saying? Be thankful when you worship. It's not like sort of a robot thing. You just kind of go, let me worship, let me pay for a dove if I, if I don't have a lot of money, or let me buy a, a lamb if I have a little bit more money, or if I really want to celebrate, let me buy a bull. I'm buying them from the, from the livestock people, and they make their money selling animals to people who want to get better with God. Hey, okay, I want to Pray some prayers today. I guess it's Sunday. Let me pray a little bit. Let me buy a few animals, kill them, and burn them. Okay, I'm good. You know, 
Isn't that how sometimes, you know, you look down on people like that, you know, like, what were they thinking? That's not going to make them any more, you know, closer to God. But you think to yourself, well, is that how you go to Sunday school and church? Let me put on something good, go out there and shake a few hands. Hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, man, we're both looking good. Okay, let's go watch some football later. Okay, yeah. Okay, now let's, you know, bow our heads when the preacher preaches. All right, let's get out of here and go eat. Is that how you go to church? Is that what church is? It's kind of a social thing. You know, it's kind of touching my heart to say, you know, I think God's saying, you know, He wants people worshiping from their hearts with sincere and pure hearts. So whether those people in the Old Testament were trying to burn an animal, you know, and they were doing that because that was the law. They were trying to fulfill the law. Of course, in the end, they couldn't fulfill the law, but they thought they were doing right. But again, God's always been after our hearts. Not our money. It's not what we put in the offering plate. Or not the animals that the, other, the Old Testament you know, uh, Israelites were trying to sacrifice. And it's not about what we do at church. I mean, you can be on all these church committees doing all these different things or, you know, Dr. McGee said it's almost like you see a lot of people working in the church on Sunday like ants crawling all over a picnic. And you think, boy, those people are are surely good servants to the Lord. You know, they're doing a lot of things. But the Lord says, you know, none of that stuff is helpful. Unless it's coming from the heart. If you're doing that as a cheerful person, if you're doing that as worship, if you're like worshiping the Lord from the heart when you're doing those things, when you're serving, then that's good, proper worship. Okay, and uh, verse 16, But to the wicked God says, What right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you're pleased with him. And if you keep company, and you keep company with adulterers, you give your mouth free reign for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you've done, and I have been silent. You thought I was one like yourself, but now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this, then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. What does he say there? He says, you can worship me from your heart, but those who don't have me in your heart and don't want to worship me, you better watch out because I am coming to judge the world. I will judge all the people and I have to be a just judge. Those who um, aren't seeking me, those who are wicked, you will, you will be no more. Okay? You know, Jesus Christ laid down his life so that those who seek him can find him. That those who believe in him. Now, that's a powerful deal. Verse 23, it concludes, The one who offers thanksgiving 
as his sacrifice glorifies me. To, to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Are you worshiping with thanksgiving? Is that what's in your heart when you go to church? Thankfulness, thanksgiving. These two psalms really go together. Don't worry, be happy. Listen up, be thankful. Don't worry about the earthly wealth or successes for others. You've got enough to be happy with already. You've got the blessings that come from God. And as we've said this whole study of Psalms, the word blessing translates in the Latin to joy or happiness. Okay? You don't have to worry about people around you. Just be happy. Happy because you're blessed. You're already blessed beyond your wildest dreams. Don't worry. Be happy. Listen up. Be thankful. Listen up to the whole wide world. A heart full of thanksgiving is the proper heart to approach the Lord. Why? Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy. Be blessed. When you're blessed, the, the look, our Father in Heaven has blessed you already. You haven't done a thing to deserve the blessing. And for the, those who understand the gospel, that's Jesus Christ. For those in the Old Testament who didn't even know the gospel, God was already blessing them because he was, He's planning a way for them to be able to be saved as well. Don't worry, be happy that this righteous judge is coming back to the world to reestablish his kingdom and save you from your grave. The God in heaven has blessed you. Blessing means joy and happiness. So the proper heart to approach our Father in heaven or to approach our Lord Jesus is thanksgiving, a thankful heart because you should have joy in your heart because you've been blessed. Blessing is joy, is happiness. And your proper response is thankfulness, thanksgiving. That's the only way. God's not going to accept any of your works that you do. That doesn't save you. It's His works that save you. As Dr. McGee says, it's faith plus nothing else. The debt, your death sentence has already been paid. There's nothing you have to do but be happy you have been saved. Be thankful you've been saved because Jesus Christ has already laid down his life for you. So be thankful. And so whatever you do in trying to serve him, trying to walk with him, walk in step with the Holy Spirit, trying to bear the fruits of the Spirit, trying to live a, quote, Christian life, a good life, a servant's life, if it's not a thankful, if, it, if it's not done with, with thankfulness in your heart, it's, it's, a, it's a hollowness, a hollowness that um, you may say you believe, but if you, if you have this hollowness, it's the same type of worship that um, you look back in the Old Testament when people were just sacrificing animals, almost like out of habit, thinking that that's their worship and that they were drawing closer to God. If you're doing that, if you don't have joy and thanksgiving in your heart, 
your works are going to be just as hollow as they were when you had a bunch of people just burning an animal, thinking that was accomplishing the same thing. So two really encouraging psalms. Don't worry, be happy. Listen up. Be thankful. I hope this was encouraging to you, and uh, you can dwell on it today and learn and grow from it. Uh, This is where I turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali in Zambia. Matali, I hope you're doing well. Tell everyone I said hey, and take it away, Matali. And from me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Hello again, everyone. Due to technical difficulties, Matali won't be doing her uh, part of the podcast today. So uh, for me, uh, to all of you again, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.